Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're checking in with Mason Krause of the Manitoba Bisons men's basketball team. They're set to take on the Westman, the Crosstown rivalry, the Duckworth Challenge. Also, Ed Tate, whose son Wyatt is also on the Manitoba Bisons basketball team, by the way. He stops by because Chris Trevler is back in Winnipeg. We talk about what that means for the team on the podcast. Tomorrow night, the reason I'm not hosting the show is because I'll be doing play-by-play for the Westman and Bisons basketball games at the University of Winnipeg, the Duckworth Challenge. The women go first at 6, then 8 o'clock. The men in a rematch of a scintillating playoff game in the Canada West semifinals last year where the Westman came out with a 73-70 to win to advance to the Canada West Championship game. Mason Krause is a member of the University of Manitoba Bisons team, and he joins us now on the show. Mason, how excited are you to get back on the court and face your crosstown rival tomorrow night? Oh, I'm excited because, you know, every time we play them, it's going to be a close, fun game. The crowds are always active and live. And like you said, last year when we played in the playoffs, we lost by three. We beat them this preseason by one. So we just know it's going to be a close game no matter what. Both games last year in the regular season won by the home or the road team as well. So from your perspective, there's there's no worry of going into Winnipeg and not being able to win on the road. Yeah, there's, there's no worry about it because I guess – because we played there so many times as kids. They played at our gym as kids. So it's basically both gyms are like home court advantage. There's no one has an advantage playing at home. It's just going to be a fun game to be a part of. And you're going to have lots of people in the crowd cheering for both sides, I imagine. Uh, more for Manitoba, but yeah, there'll be a, there's gonna, the crowd's going to be packed, a lot of cheering. Mostly UFM people, but yeah, it's going to be fun. So from your perspective, how has your season gone so far? The Bisons 11-5 and five this year coming off of uh, last year's 18-2 and two season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our record is definitely worse than last year, but we've played all the top teams this year compared to last year. People were saying we had an easier schedule last year, and this year we probably have the hardest schedule in the country, and we just came off splitting with Victoria, which is the best team in Canada most of the year. So we're, we're happy with our record, and we know like when it comes to playoff time, we're going to be the best we can be and hopefully have the run. So you had a bye week this past week, and it's unique that you get to face the team in your city after a bye week. You did you actually go watch the Westman play their games? Because I noticed some Bisons were there scouting. Yeah, we had we had guys there, but like most of us, we already know. For like example, like my matchup will be Sean Moran, and then we played Sea Bears together. We've I've known him ever since I was probably like ten years old. Like we know each other's play style so well that when we went to the game, we're like, oh, we already know what we're going to see. We're just going to have a good time and just spend time with our team. Yeah, and uh, they played McEwen. They won both those games. McEwen hasn't won in a few years, so maybe not the most competitive game to scout off of. But uh, for you then, this season, averaging almost nine points a game, four and a half rebounds, five assists, stuff in the stat sheet. How have you graded your third year with the team? Uh, I was going through a little shooting slump in the first half of the year, but that happens. I still was getting my contributions on the defensive and my point guard attributes of getting assists and rebounds, but Still going through the tail end of the year. My scoring's gone up. Just continue to get my steals and assists. And just third year's been going well for me. Did you notice a jump in Simon Hildebrandt? Because he set the bar really high for himself. Being rookie of the year last year in the country, he had a great year with the Sea Bears, named the top rookie basically in the CEBL. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of his second year now in U Sports? Uh, it's, it's what we expected. We knew he's a great player. He does tremendous things for our team to keep us in the game and push us forward. Like example, when he scored 40 against Victoria the two weeks ago, like he's just, 
one of the best players in the country, and he just helps us get to the next level. Yeah, 41 points for him and an 83-79 victory. Now, that next night, you lost 103-100 in OT to Victoria. You won three of the four quarters, but the third, you're outscored uh, 38-9 to before losing yeah. in overtime. Have you ever been involved in a game like that that had kind of that? You had, you had like one of the probably the worst quarters ever? <laughs> Not to overstate it, but that's a big disparity. Yeah, it, and that just shows like the game. Basketball is all about runs, and yeah, you could win seventy-five. We probably won ninety percent of that game, but that like five minutes or ten minutes of the game just would cost us. And that like that's just it's a learning moment because we're all young. We are a pretty young team. Our old, we have one veteran that we just gotta know like okay, this is what's gonna happen. When we play the best teams in the league that they're always gonna be pushing forward, and we just gotta match their energy and not just settle for what our lead and what we have. So this year, the Canada West Conference Championships are single elimination knockout in a single site. And it just so happens that Manitoba is the single site for the men's tournament. How excited are you to have that in your home barn? Oh, it's it's the best thing we could ask for. Like we hopefully we don't match up with U of W again because it's just going to be crazy every single time. But it's going to be a fun no matter what who we play. The gym's going to be active. People always show up for a game, so it's going to be fun. And I think it'll be a great experience for other teams coming in because our gym's always gets loud and. People always come out to support, so it's going to be an awesome experience. Not even just from a basketball player standpoint, but from the whole university. Doesn't look like you'd match up in round one. Could maybe in uh, in a later round, but uh, I think that would still be awesome just to to see it uh, in that. I think it that being at that game as an, a spectator, that was one of the coolest, you know, amateur sports things I've seen in this in this city in the almost nine years I've been here. What memories do you have of that game that are positive? Because you lost. That that's yeah, that yeah. stings, I'm sure. But do you have any kind of positive feelings about that because of just the kind of atmosphere that was there? Uh, like just looking at the crowd and seeing like a bunch, like a bunch of people I haven't seen for a while, and just seeing everyone like engaged in the game, and it's like almost like crowd wanted more than us at some points. I felt like so it was just an amazing experience as a basketball player, me like getting the support for the crowd and our like home fans, and also like with the loss, like yeah, it's not fun, but seeing like how like my teammates were invested in the moments where, and were not even just disappointed, but the motivation they gained throughout the whole summer because of that, that loss is just was as a leader and a point guard of the team. I, it was just amazing to see that how our team was able to take it on the chin and just keep moving forward. And so tomorrow night, what's the key to beating the Winnipeg Westman? Uh, they attack the paints and run in transition. So we just got to limit their runs in transition. Don't allow O boards and just, win the possession battle. If we like Kirby always says, if we win the possession battle nine times out of 10, we're going to win the game. So we just got to focus on that, control the ball, control the pace, and it should be our game. And then the, uh, the return meeting against the Westman in your own barn on Saturday, how, what, when you play a team on back-to-back games, how does that change the dynamics of the rematch? How much does losing or winning game one motivate you into game two? Oh, yeah. If you lose game one, you it's like you're fighting for your life. You have to win game two. So if we when we win the Thursday's game tomorrow, Saturday's is gonna be tough no matter what. It's it's hard to sweep teams, especially Westmen, when they they're our rivals and it's just gonna be a close game. So we just gotta lock in even more and just keep focused. What do you think of basketball right now in this city with what we saw at the U of M last February, that kind of atmosphere feeding into the summer of the Sea Bears? 
Oh, it's, it's the best it's ever been. I, for at least my life, I can't speak for all time for Winnipeg and Manitoba, but for ever since I've been a part of the basketball scene, the last summer going to this year, it's been, it's been the best I've ever seen, especially with the Seabears. Brought a lot of new fans to the game and just, it's a community that loves basketball. So it's an amazing opportunity for the Seabears and also us to take advantage and show what we really have as a province. And you as a, a young basketball player, having a team now, a pro team in your city, how does that change how you view your future prospects? Oh, it, it makes it so much easier. And I just like, for an example of last summer, I didn't play, but all the experience I gained from the guys like Jelani and all the older guys and all the point cards, it's just, it's, it's a great experience. And then hopefully like soon I can maybe step on the floor, but it's just, it makes my life so much easier instead of having to travel my first year somewhere else in Canada. And I can just play at home in front of my friends and family. It's, it's awesome. And beyond that, just to have the CEBL period is oh, yeah. it, it changes everything for young university players in this country. Yeah. It shows that at least what I've heard from when I train younger kids as well, it, it gives them something to strive for. Sometimes the NBA is not always like, the end-all be-all, and now people will be like, oh, I can make the CEBL. So I think it's even just good for the youth and giving them an opportunity to achieve their own goals Because show them that's possible. Yeah, because growing up in Canada, you see the NBA a lot, but maybe you're not as aware that there's all kinds of pro leagues in Europe, right, that you can yeah. make a living off of. Now there's one in Canada that you can use as a springboard or, or whatnot. And so I guess for you then, is is get, being involved with the Seabears a priority going into this summer again? Oh, for sure. It's, I had a great time last year. Hopefully, same thing will be next summer, get some more reps up. And it's, it's just a great experience, great organization. It's run really well. And you could just tell, like, everyone on the team last year just embraced the city. And I felt like that was one of the biggest things. Because some teams, they don't do that. And everyone on our team went out, was doing things throughout the city. And it was just a great experience. Well, Mason, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Thanks for this. And best of luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Have a great see you tonight. That is Mason Krause, third-year guard from the Manitoba Bisons, a Sturgeon Heights collegiate product who will be part of the Bisons going head-to-head with the Westman tomorrow and on Saturday tomorrow, Duckworth Challenge Games. Those are part of that uh, annual series, and the Westman and Bisons volleyball teams will be duking it up Friday in the final games of the Duckworth Challenge. Time for another conversation about the big news of the day that Chris Traveler is coming back to Winnipeg. Ed Tate, a regular contributor to our Blue Bomber coverage on CJOB, on top of the work he does for BlueBombers.com. He joins us now. Ed, did you see this one coming? Well, Christian, you know what? It's been rumored for so long. Of course, I've been asking about it in the office, and so I'd be lying if I said I didn't see it coming. Um, it's, it's kind of an exciting time, right? It's an exciting announcement for the club because of this guy's popularity, but also because of what he can bring to this offense and to the, you know, just to the team. There's a certain energy he has that I think is pretty infectious. So um, it's been rumored for so long. Uh, it didn't catch me by surprise, just as I'm sure it didn't catch fans by surprise either. I think there was some wondering, though, how it was going to be possible. I think Jeff, Jeff Hamilton was the first to report it a few weeks ago that they were looking into a possible reunion. And the question was, how would this work with their salary cap needs? And so fans, I think, got their hopes up a bit and wondered if it was actually possible. Then the team tweeted out the fur coat and the cowboy hat today. And I, I said, oh, my God, it's happening. And, and then a few moments later, they tweeted out that, yeah, indeed, Strevler's back. What does he bring 
to the offense that maybe they haven't had since he went to try his luck in the NFL in 2020? You know, that's an excellent question. So, first of all, Dakota Prukop over the last couple of years has done, you know, a really good job on in the short yardage situations. And Derek Taylor would have better numbers than I do on that. It's his success rate is unbelievable. And so there's a, you know, the Bombers have always had, uh, you know, dating back to before Chris Trevor to Dan Lefevre and guys like that. They've always had a short yardage specialist that could be a threat more than just a guy that's going to dive into the line of scrimmage for a couple of yards. So there's that wrinkle to it. I really think still that his passing skills are kind of uh, unknown at this point. I mean, he was a, he had exceptional numbers at South Dakota. He was a finalist for the Walter Payton award. So I think there's more to his passing game than he's getting credit for. Remember he was just a, a kid when he was starting here before. So, um, you know, Drew Brown's in Ottawa now, uh, Dakota Prukop is a, a pending free agent, so I think you slot um, Strebler into the number two spot behind Zach Kalaros, and then they've got a couple of prospects that are uh, going to be in training camp that would be your number three. So there's there's that stuff, just what he does potentially for your offense. But I think, again, it's the what he brings, an energy. He just has an energy, a vibe to him. Christian, you know that one. He's just the guy that uh, is, he's got an infectious personality. I think it rubs off on people um, you know, not just the fan base, but his teammates. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, something that you can't really measure, but it's going to be an important part for what he brings to this team. He definitely fits the blue collar vibe of the city and the team. We all remember 2019, how he played through injury, how he was so his intensity is incredible on the football field and his effort that he puts in right as a passer. Right? He's got 19 touchdowns and 19 picks in the CFL. That's not great. But most of that was before Zach Kolaris got here. It was he had to play because Matt Nichols got hurt uh, and maybe wasn't quite ready at that time. But here he is now, 29 years old. He's been in the uh, NFL practice roster circuit bouncing around for a few years. I'm interested to hear tomorrow what what perspective he has now on on what it means to be a pro football quarterback. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll give a good answer tomorrow too, but I think what ha- you know when you bounce around the NFL like that, you're going to pick up stuff just by osmosis, right? He's been in quarterback rooms now with Kyler Murray when Cliff Kingsbury was the coach in in, in Arizona. He, you know, he's been in rooms with Aaron Rodgers and Joe Flacco, and you know, he had a stint with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. He was in Miami, so you know, he's been around some quarterbacks, and I think just. He's a smart guy. He's got a master's degree from his days in college. And I, I think, you know, he's always been a, a real good sponge. But um, just to your numbers is, and what he, you spit out there, Christian, about his days when he was here in the 19 touchdowns and 19, 19 interceptions. And he's, he's obviously changed an awful lot since then. I'd be interested to see when he, when he gets here in training camp what kind of growth he might show in those passing games because he was just a kid when he came up here. I think a lot of people forget when he started that year, because his first year, because Matt Nichols had been hurt, it was the first bomber quarterback to start since uh, John Schneider in 1968 as a straight out of college kid. Uh, the first guy in the CFL since Anthony Calvillo with the Vegas Posse in '94. So he was so green then, and I just think over time now and being in all those quarterback rooms, he's bound to be better just by what he might have soaked up. And so the question becomes now, as we are 
less than a week away from the negotiation window opening and, and now just under two weeks away from the start of free agency. What do we know about how this affects the Bombers' plans to bring back pending free agents, of which there's still 23? Mm-hmm. And there's some big names on that list, right? Everybody's talking about Brady Oliver and Dalton Schoen and how this might impact things. Well, the analogy I use is that, you know, a team has kind of a bag of cash that they can have a, a readily available for free agents, free agency. And, you know, over the next few days into the next negotiating period that starts on the weekend and into free agency on February 13th, that bag of cash gets smaller and smaller because guys will re-sign um, guys will move on. They'll test the market. They have that chance next week in the negotiating window to see what might be out there. So in some ways, it's almost first come, first serve in terms of what might be available. So there's a certain risk that players take in maybe waiting to free agency. You think you might get more in the open market, but when that market comes, the, the dollars aren't just maybe not here in Winnipeg. They might not be there elsewhere. And then you're circling back to, to Winnipeg and, and the offer that might be on the table today at the end of January might not be there on February you know, 10th, 11th, 12th in the days before free agency. So um, I, I just say this to people, I'm expecting quite a bit of change with this team this year. I just, I think we have to be prepared for that because uh, if you try to keep a team like this together for a long time, you've got to pay. And the, the guys that are, are coming back all get raises or take a small a bite to stay, but uh, you know it, there's a cost of being successful, and we're going to see that in the next few weeks. I think we don't know how much money is in this pot because the CFL doesn't publish those numbers like the most of the other pro leagues have some kind of website, whether it's Spot Track or Cap Friendly. Uh, but do you get the sense that there are going to be some more signings coming before we get to the negotiation window in free agency, or should it, or is it going to be a quiet week or two here for Winnipeg? You know, you know what? I think I'd have to go back and check on this, Christian. But I think in the week leading up to free agency in years past, the Bombers have traditionally been pretty busy. Where guys get, you know, like so the negotiating window opens on on this Sunday, and it allows guys that are be pending free agents and other teams to contact them and say, "Here's what we can offer you." And if you know they agree to something in principle, then it's it's submitted to the league, and then you know the Bombers would have a chance to match that for a couple of days before the market opens, but. Sometimes guys test the waters and get scared and say, wait a minute, well, I thought I was worth X and X isn't there. So I'm going to come back to Winnipeg and they get it done before the market opens. I would expect you're going to see uh, some guys re-sign before the 13th. Now, it might not be the big name guys because they, you know, those guys deserve a raise. Brady Oliver and Dalton Schoen, they deserve a raise based on what they've, they've done. But we'll just see what those numbers might be elsewhere and and whether that eliminates Winnipeg from it or not. But I I would expect that it's going to be a a, a busy next few weeks or a few days before um, even the window opens on, on Sunday. And then after that, leading up to the 13th, when the market opens. Now you work for the team, but you don't have any secrets you're hiding. We so people out there know (laughs) you are, you're in the position that we are waiting to hear things, but in your gut, your heart of hearts, People want to know, what do you think happens with those two big names, Brady Oliveira and Dalton Show? Well, you know, I'm in the office still almost every day, and uh, it's getting busy in there now. And, I, you know, I ask those questions almost to anybody that turns the corner, and I walk into in the hallway, what's going on, what's going on? And I can honestly tell you it changes every time I talk to a different person, and that's sort of what happens in negotiations here. 
you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I would I would said that it, it's hard to imagine those guys in a different jersey. But then, how do you fit this in under the cap? I, you know, you know, my gut is is that if if one of them came back, I think that would be uh, amazing. If both came back, I think that's almost impossible. So I, I don't know. I guess Bomber fans should get their fingers crossed that at least one comes back, but also be prepared that maybe neither one does because the market is going to force them out of Winnipeg, so to speak, because, uh, again, when you've won as many games as the Bombers have been have and been to four straight Grey Cups, it's, it's just hard to keep everybody happy contractually. I'm going to ask you about being a sports dad now before I let you go because yeah. the Duckworth Challenge wraps up this weekend. The Bisons and Westman tomorrow, basketball games at the U of W, and then the rematch is on Saturday after that uh, incredible playoff series or playoff game last year. Your son Wyatt plays for the Bisons. He's in his final year. What's it been like following your kid's journey through collegiate basketball? It's hard to believe it's coming to an end. The Bisons only have four more regular season games, um, including the Duckworth Challenge, as you mentioned, Christian, and then they finish up the regular season against UBC Okanagan before the playoffs start at the Can West playoffs start at, uh, uh, at U of M. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a long hold, but it's been fun. It's, I mean, it, there's nothing more proud of as a parent than watch your, your kid run out and be introduced in the starting lineup and do his thing to make plays and try to help a team win it. I'm really proud of the kid and it's going to come to an end and it's, it's kind of sad, but it's been a lot of fun along the way too. And I just hope that the Bisons can get into a deep run. And if you, you were that there at that playoff game last year, Christian, it was an unbelievable atmosphere and, and if fans want to see more it's thursday at u of w saturday afternoon four o'clock at u of m and there's great basketball and there's more to come to with the ken west uh, playoffs at uh, igac yeah the fact that they're they're here in winnipeg this year a potential for your son and the bisons to go on a great run at home how cool would that be and, and just how cool is it going to be in this new format, single knockout, all in one site, it's all done in four days. How cool do you think that's going to be? I like the idea, the tournament idea. The conference has become so big. Um, you know, you kind of have to do this. I, I like the idea of having it under one roof and, and you know, declaring a, a Can West champion that way instead of having the teams kind of jet all over the place for different games and different rounds of the playoffs. It makes more sense this way. It's such a tough conference. Whoever comes out of this is going to do well at the Nationals. And, I, you know, I just hope for for the Bisons or whoever wins Canada West that they make a deep run at the Nationals. And I don't know. I, I uh, We went to watch, uh, uh, because it's my son's last year, we went to watch them play UBC a couple of weeks ago in Vancouver, decided to make a little trip out of it. And, of course, we get out there, and it's the coldest week in uh, Vancouver history almost. But, um uh, it's just fun. It's been a, a real treat. And I, the basketball is so good. If you haven't had a chance, uh, and I know a lot of Seabears fans, there's a lot of Seabears fans out there. This this kind of ball is really good. And a lot of these guys like Simon Hildebrand and Mason Kroos end up playing, will end up playing for the Seabears too. So it's, it's just real good basketball if you get the chance. Now, last question. Did he get his basketball skills from you? <laughs> I played high school basketball, but, uh, you know, my kids, I'm six feet tall. My kid's six, six, my other kid's six, four. And, uh, he's, uh, he's got way, way, way more skill than I do. Uh, Christian, but the only thing I can give him a tip on now is how to make a free throw. So, 
Um, that's about it. I coached him for a while and I coached my younger son too, but his basketball skills are immensely better than mine ever were. Good to know, Ed. Well, appreciate your time. Thanks for this. And uh, are we going to see you at the Duckworth Center tomorrow night? You betcha. Absolutely. All right. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, Ed. Thanks for this. Right on, Christian. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all that they should. So sad that they should come to this. We try to warn you all.